Hi, listeners. We have a podcast to share with you that you can go binge over 50 episodes right now. Every Thursday, we bring you a new episode filled with mysteries, conspiracies, and things that go bump in the night. I'm Holly Lowerman. And I'm Brooke Sasser. And we are the hosts of Curly Conspiracies Podcast. The name of our podcast stems from Well Our Curly Hair and the idea that conspiracies and mysteries are never straightforward. They take multiple twists, turns, have-nots, and take a while to comb through. We have some lighthearted topics such as Eminem is a clone, the Coca-Cola conspiracy, and even the Kentucky meat shower. Some more serious topics like April is Blood Sacrifice Month, the Johnny Gosh disappearance, and the Nahani Valley mystery. We also have your classics like the conspiracies surrounding Princess Diana's death, Mothman, and the Roswell incident. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. So go get your tinfoil hats ready and check out Curly Conspiracies Podcast. Before we begin this week's episode, I'd like to start with a content warning. This podcast includes foul language and includes discussions of violent crimes. Some topics may be triggering and may include depictions of sexual assault, gore, torture, suicidal ideation, or discussions of mental health. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Courtney. And today we have an extra special, much needed palate cleanser episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put your tinfoil hats on and join us for... Hi, I'm Alex, and this is a nefarious distraction. Oh yeah, we also have Alex from Weird Distractions. Yeah, that's that's Courtney, and she's rude. Okay. Before we begin the episode, I'd like to go ahead and cover a missing person real quick. Her name is Keisha Jacobs. She was 21 at the time she went missing, and she's from Richmond, Virginia. She went missing September 26, 2016. She was last seen leaving on foot from her apartment in the Midlothian area. It's been over five years now, and her mother is very vocal online about finding her, which, as mothers ourselves, we fully empathize. She's featured in an HBO docuseries called Black and Missing. She's described as five foot three, 100 pounds, and has brown eyes and brown hair. She also has several distinguishing tattoos, such as a rose on her right shoulder, the name Tony on her left shoulder, paw prints on her right thigh, and a leaf on her right foot, and both of her ears pierced. She was last seen wearing black basketball shorts, pink and black Nikes, pink shirt, and a pink scarf. She was dropped off on the 3100 block of East Broad Street, which is in Richmond, and she left without any personal belongings. If you have any information on this case, her whereabouts, or even any tips, you're encouraged to call the Richmond Police Department at 8 Case number is 201609 and NamUs MP number is 35792. You can also contact Richmond Crime Stoppers at 804-780-1000. 
Also, please visit www.quichejacobsfoundation.org and also go look up the Help Find Quiche Jacobs page on Facebook. Okay, today we have a very special episode. We have Alex from the Weird Distractions podcast. Alex, welcome aboard. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you too. Um, Amanda and I have both been really needing a very laid back episode after the past. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you guys cover a lot of heavy cases. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. And um, I mean, we're, we're very, <laughs> really recently we're very happy yes. to do it. It's just, it's very heavy. But why don't you go ahead and yes. tell everybody about yourself? Tell us about your podcast. Tell us why Christy decided not to join us. Rude. <laughs> yes. So as mentioned, my name is Alex. I'm one of the hosts of Weird Distractions Podcast. And it is a weekly podcast where me and my co-host slash best friend Christy rotate between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, urban legends, basically anything that we kind of find weird or that society has kind of dubbed weird or macabre dark things you know that whole genre and we basically have covered cases such as samuel little um we've covered recently the punderson manor in ohio we've talked about conspiracy theories such as the illuminati and you know the missing amber room Basically, the reason why we talk about these things is because in the beginning of the pandemic, which was two years ago, might I add, uh, we we were needing a distraction. You know, Christy and I both work in healthcare. She is an x-ray technician and I'm a mental health worker. So we were still working amongst everything going on and we just wanted a distraction like we just needed a distraction so yes. i had always kind of wanted to <laughs> to start a podcast and after everything kind of happened christy reluctantly agreed <laughs> and here we are almost two years in so yeah it's been a wild ride and you know it's it's great to meet other podcasters that are interested in the same topics and aren't afraid of talking about you know cases that aren't as popular as others so for example you know, it, it's it's nice to hear other true crime podcasters not covering the same true crime staples. Oh yeah, like so you know, Bundy yeah. and Eileen Warnos. Like they're they're yeah. obviously good cases to discuss, and you know, no tea, no shade. But it's nice to know that there are smaller cases or not well known cases also being covered. So just want to say kudos to you too because it's 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 hard it's definitely hard to cover those cases but there definitely needs to be more voices talking about them well, thank you wow yes thank you i did not expect that. <laughs> it's the canadian in me no <laughs> i can't help it we, we love it i'm not used to it like a lot of people say that texans are full of like southern hospitality and I want to move to Canada. (laughs) Oh, honey, bless your heart. Bless your soul. (laughs) Oh, and I forgot to answer. Christy's not here because she is currently working her little tush off. So she works like a mad woman. And if you listen to our show, you probably hear often her complaining about work because she often is working or doing the show with me yeah, so. she's always she's working her ass i have listened to your show it's it's basically like you described it's kind of like a, a variety show 
and I, I, I basically yeah I love it I remember when I first heard the heard one of your episodes I was like I can get down with this shit this is great oh yeah like I, <laughs> I felt the same way about y'all show as I did when I first started listening to morbid back in the day oh wow oh thank you that's that's such a high honor thank you <laughs> no, well, no don't don't humble yourself <laughs> i'm kidding I, I used to listen to morbid pretty religiously and you know then amanda and i did our own so it's cool i mean but yeah morbid, morbid yeah. does kind of set the the tone a bit i'll give them that you know yes yeah, yeah. But I remember the yeah, and that it's, I got it's interesting. when I first heard them. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Morbid's cool!" And then I started listening to y'all, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, weird distraction, weird distractions is cool." Don't y'all, <laughs> don't y'all do it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely so interesting. You know, when I first started listening to podcasts, my the first podcast I ever listened to was that, um, and that's why we drank, yeah. and. Then I got into wine and crime, and then I got into small town murder, and then I got into you know so many others, and now my you know subscription log is completely full of mostly indie podcasts. Like I, I do listen to wine yeah. and crime still pretty religiously, but it's interesting once you start in the podcasting world how many other shows you find, yeah. right? And it's it's really amazing, and the people that you meet are just. Well, I mean, most of the people I've met through podcasting are amazing, you guys included. So it's it's been a really a really good experience, and you know, it's it's definitely a really good community out there. Well, yeah, we it is. we love it. I would say, and I think Amanda Amanda would agree with me here. I think nine and a half out of the ten podcasts, like the indie podcasts that we have met, have been fucking amazing. You know? Oh yeah. So yeah, you've always got that half of one. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. There's always that one asshole that just fucks up the numbers for everybody else. (laughs) So always that one. It's always one asshole. Amanda. Um, so ma'am, I, um, I tend to do a lot of the whole, like, I I just, I'm sure everybody's figured it out by now. I just, I can't shut up. You know, I, <laughs> she's the talker i'm I, the more quiet one <laughs> i can't shut up so it's it's kind of like literally jay and silent bob over here but um you know i don't like to i i, I don't like to make things all about me so i'm gonna t- i'm gonna tell you a little bit of about, about amanda because you actually haven't gotten to meet her um amanda yes yeah let's talk about amanda oh, hi hello <laughs> talk about me please spotlight on now thank you amanda amanda it's already on and it's a little hot (laughs) amanda is um you know she's my co-host she's fucking amazing i love her i am i will take a bullet for that girl love it love Um, it (laughs) so how amanda and i met was um actually her uh, mother-in-law was shopping for her i think prior to her and her husband getting married what back when i worked at this place called nordstrom and oh um yeah and then so amanda and then i became an assistant manager at a nordstrom rack and amanda came and i finally met her in person and she was i think she was purchasing some other things or returning something i don't remember but she and i had always been acquainted i think i was just shopping probably (laughs) i know you had one of your kids with you the older one and i know that um she and i were like basically acquaintances for about 10 years and then I saw that she has a podcast called um, Fandom Family Chats. 
and mm-hmm. oh yeah okay yeah and i've been wanting to start a podcast and i was like she knows about podcasting let's do a let's do a murder podcast and now <laughs> we were just amanda and i were talking about this previously it's it's weird because like we started doing you know true crime podcasts and it's really kind of changed us as people so oh yeah yeah um, it definitely does. It opens your eyes up mm-hmm. to so many different fa- like facets of life, right? And you hear all these in-depth stories about other people all over the world, and you don't really realize how big, how big yet how small the world is, yeah. yes. right? It, it's yep. very eye-opening. We, uh, Christy and I actually recorded um, earlier from when you were recording, and we covered a really heavy case out of... Uh, Detroit. Sorry, I was going to say Boston, but that's a whole different, different, different place. Anyways, out of Detroit, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but after we were done recording, I was so relieved to not look at those notes anymore because the case was so heavy. But Mm. in the same sense, it's one of those things where if we hadn't covered the case, I don't know if I would have known about it. And I kind of feel as though I feel more whole knowing about it, if that makes sense, and talking about it. Yeah. It's just finding these little stories of other people that, I don't know, you, you kind of collect them, right? And it's it's remarkable how, how many people have gone through the fucking wire mm. with the justice system. And... Mm-hmm no shade to the american justice system because the canadian justice system is not any better but your justice system is wild uh, hey you know <laughs> it's what? Yes. wild you go ahead and shade us all you want because we we agree we agree. <laughs> our justice system <laughs> fair yeah it's insane i and i mean like i said canada's no different but it's the the case we covered this earlier today it was as i mentioned based out of detroit and the way it was handled was just baffling. So it's it's one of those things where it sounds as if it's a movie, but it's real life. And it's just kind of that shock reminder of, oh, wait, this shit does actually happen or it has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Amanda, which case was That's, that for you? Yep. <clears throat> the heaviest one? Yeah. I think that would be Sharon Matthews because that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That happened in, in my neighborhood. Oh, wow. And so that was a very, very personal. Yeah case for me other than that i really think maybe like alex van dalson because you're talking with the like these unknown cases that we've been doing we're actually talking to the families and you know their moms and their sisters and friends and you really put yourself in that space Mm -hmm. to where you're in the middle of it yeah you really get tied up into it right yeah and it's hard it's it's it weighs you down Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think it's great that you you two connect with members of the family. I don't have the balls to do that because I am terrified to say, you know, I, when it's just Christy and I recording, I word vomit a lot. I'm trying really hard not to tonight. But okay, it's fine. I word vomit. <laughs> we, we do all the time. Okay, good. Cool. But yeah, in front of you know, a family member who is trying to, you know, locate their loved one or trying to bring justice. I mean, it's, that's such a, a, a heavy job to do. So kudos, another kudos. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep giving kudos during this recording. It's, it's, it's a, it's a thing I, I, I can't stop, but yeah, it's, it's a lot. Like we had 
one, I think it was a, a niece reach out to us on Instagram just in the comments of an episode for the um, unsolved potential homicide. And I say potential because it was ruled not a homicide, but it kind of was a homicide in my opinion. Uh, but mm, yeah. essentially of the case was of Kiera Lee Kasho and I think her niece or who would have been her niece reached out and said you know I'm trying to reopen the case thank you so much for covering it wow and I was gobsmacked for days like just one comment and I sent it to Christy and I said I don't know what to do with this like I'm I'm floored yeah right it's a different kind of feeling isn't it yeah, it's mm-hmm. it, it definitely, like I said, it it changes the way you perceive and look at certain situations and how you feel about them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ugh, big definitely. wolf calls, like, all over the place. And oh, so for sure. we have a palate cleanser episode today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, done with the heavy. Well, no, I'm yes. I'm really, no more tears in the club. <laughs> I'm really happy that we had this. I was just been Amanda and I have not had like, and I'm not complaining. Okay, like I I'm like I was telling her I felt I feel some kind of gratification just you know being able to speak for these people, but we we miss <laughs> we miss fucking around. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so let's fuck around. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Like anytime you cover like a lighter, not like a lighter true crime case, but if you ever talk about something that's not true crime related, yeah. once you mm-hmm. go back to talking true crime, you're like, oh, yay, it's depression time. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard, but you got to keep talking about it. Like I, I totally get it. Oh, yeah. So um, today, you know, if, for our audiences, because, you know, this is kind of this is a shared episode, right? Um, so for all of the audience of Weird Distractions podcast and all of the audience, all five people that listen to Nefarious Nightmare. <laughs> Shut up. Today we're going to talk, today we're going to talk about, there's your kudos, Alex. Uh, <laughs> I saw your listen notes, girl. Don't think I didn't look. Uh, but, oh my goodness. Oh, real quick. Uh, before I forget, cause you know, I have ADHD. Uh, I want to thank Argie, aka Tom, aka Grandpa. Tom. Yeah. My grandpa. I love Tom. I love Tom. Tom is number one grandpa, man. Like he was Yeah. I reached out on Twitter and I was like, we need to we need to do like a collaboration, blah blah blah. And he was like, We're distractions. And I messaged Aww. Yeah, and I messaged you, and I remember thinking this this person is not going to want to talk to me. I am so annoying. Oh my gosh! So, no, oh my gosh! Now look at us. <laughs> I now look look at where we are. Look look where we are. <laughs> I feel like that Paul Rudd meme, where or not that meme, that video of Paul Rudd on Hot Ones, where it's like now now look at us. <laughs> Would you look at us? <laughs> Would you look at us? So today we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. And um, a lot of people are going to be like, wait, what? That's a that's a palate cleanser? Yes, it is. You know why? Because I don't exactly oh, yeah. believe in them. <laughs> I'm going to call some of yes. them out. Because back in the day, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But back in the day, I went on this like huge rabbit hole because, well, we'll get into it. But anyways, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to do this in the, in the order of Courtney, Alex, and Amanda. For a couple of reasons. First of all, 
I'm going to I'm going to create our own little conspiracy theory. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. We are part of the Cock Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. 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 Yes. I love it. I love the it. Reason so much. why is because birds aren't real, guys. I don't know if y'all heard, but birds aren't real. <laughs> And like, oh, absolutely not. No, they are not fucking real. Like those birds that you see outside shitting all over your car, it's not happening. That's not shit. That's yogurt. No. And <laughs> it's yogurt. It's yogurt. Yeah, it's, it's yogurt. Please don't go lick it. And then whenever you see like, you know, bird eggs, that's not bird eggs, okay? That's Easter yogurt. And <laughs> Easter yogurt. <laughs> And if Chris were here, it wouldn't be the Caca Club. It would be the Caca Club. So, yes, uh, I'll have to tell her. She'll be so, she'll be so sad. Caca would have been better. I'm just saying. It would have been. No. Well, <laughs> the next collab, we'll bring part. it together. Well, that's going to be our shitty Caca Caca Club conspiracy. I don't. I don't ever. Want I love to it. Do that again. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, with that, I'm going to go ahead and start. And this is going to sound really crazy because, I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you take notes on a rabbit hole that you went on back in 2009, right? Which is what I did. So <sighs> back in 2009 or Let's around. Let's hear that, it. Do what? I said, I want to hear them all. Oh, mm-hmm. girl. Oh, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> So back in 2009 or around that time, uh, I had to spend a ton of time on the computer because I was working with some people to get some music out there. Like I, I used to be a rapper. Okay. We'll, we'll not, we'll not go there. I was good, but we'll not go there. What? Okay. <laughs> I was a rapper. I was a good one, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. I was, I mean, we were trying to do like the, the whole like underground hip hop, like ICP genre type of rap, but I was, I, I ended up becoming more of like a diss rapper because you know, I get angry and take it out on my music. And that was fun. But That's how you do it, though. Yeah. Oh, man, it was great. But a lot of trauma behind it. We'll go into it one day. So as a former musician, you know, it's only natural to really want to embrace music in any way possible. And, you know, I'd always really enjoyed all kinds of genres of music, like classical, jazz, blues, very little country. Very, very little country. Um, even though I'm Texan, doesn't matter. I like country. country. I can't get down. I do. I, I don't swear dance with my brother. Uh, R- <laughs> well, I don't. Well, actually, I do dance with my brother, so shut up. I was going to say, I, I I can't remember the last time I square dance. So. It, <laughs> Mine my, was Friday. The last time I square dance. I love that for you. <laughs> the last time I square dance. I love that, that for you. So much. Nice. I told my gym teacher never again. So, um, and then I also really liked. (laughs) I also really liked R and B, rock, heavy metal, even a little bit of pop. But with pop, I didn't particularly enjoy it because we had this like whole mentality of fuck the mainstream, basically. Um, Right. But I didn't enjoy it because I was pretty much your classic anti-authority and anti-societal like standards for reference. It was always fuck the police, you know, as far as the anti-societal standards. I mean, mean, I've always been a fat kid and I always made songs practically bragging about it. I had one called Waddle Like a Duck and it was simply about me being a fat ass. So that was fun. I I really like to make fun of myself, you know, and 
you know, just as in, you know, you're, it was an in your face style of, you know, I'm fucking fat and I realize it, you know, you can eat a dick or whatever. So with that being said, right. you know, it all turned into a fuck the mainstream type of thing. And I was a happy musician who lived in the bliss of ignorance. So right. back to me being on the computer all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I to research like venues to perform also networked with other artists to try to get the word out you know I worked on setting up collaborations making beats blah 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 like pretty much what I do now as a podcaster um but you know there was a lull type of moment where I got bored and you know needed a distraction <laughs> Ooh, um, I like what you did there <laughs> weird one <laughs> smooth <laughs> thank you very smooth mm. i should be a sex phone operator phone sex operator no I'm, I'm not gonna, you know what I'm gonna just, i don't think true crime podcasters should have phone sex voices anyway no period no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you shouldn't <laughs> oh that was that was symbolism right there so most people would go look up porn or something while they're always on the computer. But me, you know, Google and YouTube was where I was headed, right? Not for porn. I mean, I know what you're all thinking, but not that. And I was and still am today a naturally curious person. So sometimes things would pop up at me and I'd want to know more about it. Like, why is the letter T shaped the way it is? Google. Where did <laughs> That's a very good question. Yeah, right? <laughs> where did Newport cigarettes come from? Google. Why is it husband and wife and not like persona and persona? Do a goog. Who had the biggest Ooh. heart in the world? Google Roni. That did not work. But anyways, so YouTube was fairly new back then, if I remember correctly. And you could find all kinds of shit. Like this was before subscriptions. And this was back when Hulu had started as an extremely limited like subscription service. You know, people were just starting to pull away from MySpace and head to Facebook. So I was bored and I wanted to know more about Rihanna, Jay-Z and Lady Gaga. So <laughs> fair. So I Googled them and I'm thinking, oh, you know, the song Umbrella is cool. Check it out. So uh, I looked to YouTube to see the Umbrella video. And the first thing that pops up is something to the effect of Rihanna is an Illuminati puppet. Okay. <laughs> Um, seems makes sense yeah, yeah totally. okay <laughs> yep. checks out checks out totally so i mean i'm smart right but i mean with all the shit that i'd been through you know up to that point i still had this like naivety about me so i was like okay well what's the fucking illuminati like <laughs> it means it means like right which yeah. i was right about but that was all i was right about I, I didn't know anything else i did i failed history that's i thought it was a history thing so <laughs> illuminati so there's like too many, so there's too many things to pick from. So um, as far as like all these videos that I found, so I'm gonna stick to the umbrella video by Rihanna first. Um, so if you take a look at the word umbrella, you know, it's noted that like Harry Potter films, Mary Poppins. I don't know why that says Mary Poppies, guys. This is still scripted a little bit, but Mary Poppins, not poppies. We don't talk about you know opium, uh, but you know that. Umbrella is one of the many forms of, you know, Illuminati or MK Ultra symbolism. We are going to talk about MK Ultra quite a bit today. We are. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you're among the elite or are a quote-unquote industry puppet, you'll incorporate various forms of symbolism in your content. So basically, you know, if you look at our logo, for example, you'll see that like our left eye is covered sometimes, or it's got something really weird, like, you know, Amanda's glasses. It's because we're in the Illuminati. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
so alex i'm mm -hmm. sorry to tell you but we're yes. in the illuminati but you can't tell <laughs> it's you know what your secret is safe with me yeah I, you know and all five of our listeners um yes but yeah you know if you're, if you're <laughs> here you know we're podcasters so obviously we're puppets right now i'm kidding but basically you know you'll see all that and we're just illuminati pawns in the podcast world and by the way alex you know you have a skull in your logo so which that basically means that we're pretty much in the illuminati we are illuminated illuminated in the illuminati so illuminated in the illuminati i love that illuminated in the illuminati that should be on a t-shirt yes and you should create that t-shirt so on to rihanna um so yes <laughs> The umbrella is a Freemason symbol, and it's also known as the Umbrella Network. And, um, you know, Freemasons have been linked to the Illuminati. Why? Because, of course, if you're part of any secret society or club, you're automatically an Illuminati puppet. That's just really fun. So with Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah. She's got the she's got that video, um, you know, umbrella that just kind of explains everything. Right. So the thought is that she's giving secret codes to the world that she's under an umbrella and needs saving. There's a video out there that suggests that the video itself describes the transformation from innocent girl to bad girl image. They also say that this, the video tells the quote unquote story of victory by demonic entities that wish to control and therefore wish to destroy humanity on Earth, which sounds ominous and super scary. That's heavy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Super fucking heavy. So with that, you know, we go into like all the other symbolism, like, you know, the triangles and the 666 and all that other shit. They start by pointing out that there's six females in the opening of the video. You know, six is also linked to the mark of the beast, 666, right? So fun yeah. fact, people have linked the M in monster energy drinks to the Illuminati because even though it's a slashed M symbol, evidently if you take it apart, it forms three similar runic style numbers which stands, of course, for 666. Oh, like, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> and it's a huge stretch. It's a very caffeinated stretch, if you will. Um, yes. You know, not only that, but M is also for Mason, you know, like the Freemasons. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, and also, goodness. also, guys, the word monster suggests something seriously sinister, right? I mean, no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So basically, <laughs> we're fucked. Okay? We're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Any way you put it, we're fucked. Oh, so anyway, at the, end, at the end of the video, it's six males. You know, this obviously means the whole duality bullshit. You know, one particular video states that the male entities are the children of Rihanna and her Illuminati rapist, quote unquote, Rain Man. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, we, by the way, like there's there's rain in the video because the video is about the song Umbrella. Umbrella? Yeah. Which, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with rain. But this video is very, very much stretching and saying, oh, but no, it's her rapist, this rain man person. Oh, so wait. Insane. But there's more. <laughs> So, oh, God. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> so, you know, 
there's rain in the video and you know don't forget that there's rain symbolism but it does also go on to say in contradictory fashion and i'm sorry i'm like laughing because this whole thing's ridiculous but rihanna first of all they keep calling her rihanna and i'm like no it's fucking rihanna so was, i'm sorry that was my illuminati voice that just came out um, <laughs> but it goes on to say and, you know that Rihanna did not give birth to sex templates. She was just raped six times. Okay. So then oh, they go wow. on to say, quote, <laughs> quote, let's take a look at how many times, how many times the Rain Man's chrome seminal fluid <laughs> touches Rihanna. It's not that she was Ew. being hit by water. It was chrome seminal fluid, right? And of course... <laughs> Of course, it's six times. So if you put the three, the six males, the six females, and the six times she was hit by the chrome seminal fluid, it's six, six, six. Okay. Oh, dear God. Even though when I counted every time that she was being hit by the rainwater, it was way more than six. Okay. It was. Yeah. There's also one point in the video where she's inside the triangle. This is my favorite part, guys. Her arms are outstretched. This is when I started laughing. (laughs) <laughs> her arms are outstretched towards the upper part and some say that there's a baphomet symbolism in that the triangle is a masculine symbol and some believe also some kind of portal to hell this super manly penis Ow. triangle oh my god <laughs> the penis triangle that's the part I laughed on <laughs> yeah it always falls back to penis triangles the penis <laughs> That's going to be the name of our new podcast is Penis Triangle. And always Penis Triangles. triangles. (laughs) Maybe we should invite Joe Rogan. I'm kidding. Um, No. (laughs) The super manly Penis Triangle shows Rihanna inside of it. So basically it's saying that she's completely controlled by the Penis Triangle. But if you want to look at it in the sense that my brain would, it's telling me that some man thinks that he's pregnant with Rihanna. <laughs> and speaking, speaking oh my of gosh. Birth, do y'all remember the Baphomet I mentioned, right? It's also believed yeah, at one right. point she's outstretched with her legs spread apart, preparing yeah. to give birth to the Rain Man's children. In that video... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that video, they also asked three times if we saw the Rain Man. And every time they asked, I said no. I do not see the right man. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> Please explain more. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's asking, and it, where did it go? I lost it. Oh, wait. Okay. But yeah, I said no each time. And then they go on to describe that the hair isn't the correct, isn't correct in that frame due to gravity, not pulling it all downward. And I'm sitting here like, okay, oh the hair is off to the side. Yeah. They're really, really reaching. <laughs> Um, they also gone to like say that um, the neck would would have to be would have to be 11 inches and why is it that the posterior and anterior are seen at the same time blah 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 science basically they're they're saying that in this black and white still fo- like frame that they they happened upon right that right. reflections don't exist but where's gravity it's, it's kind of like the whole ICP how do magnets work type thing it's really weird so, you know, I guess nobody caught that Definitely joke. Definitely bizarre. Magnets. <laughs> Magnets. Speaking of, I think that whole conspiracy happened around the same time, too. But yeah, anyways, 
the entire thing time i'm thinking uh you know there's reflections there's the filter of the image you know the filter over the image and also photoshop exists to which they confirmed the image has been doctored but wait <gasps> oh what no wow yeah the right shoulder Shock. is not in fact a right shoulder it's an eye what I'm sorry, but <laughs> bye. <laughs> I cannot. Oh, it gets really funny. Okay. They drew some eyes on it, and then they keep saying that this image has been doctored on purpose. And they're like, do you oh see God. it? Over and over and over. And I think they're wanting me to see, like, the Baphomet symbol. But finally, I was like, oh, yeah. That's cute. It's a Scottish <laughs> Terrier. It looks like a fucking Scottish Terrier. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh, it wasn't a dog. So. Yeah, it was. I I love how the internet's like. You know what we really need to do? We really need to ostracize Rihanna yeah. and put her in the same grouping as everybody else with this whole Illuminati thing. Yep. And by the way. Have you seen how long her neck is? Like, it's just... <laughs> and have you looked at her right shoulder? And, hey, look at how she's dancing. This definitely yeah. means that, you know, she's going to have... What is it? Six tuplets? Right. Yep. Uh, don't forget the Scottish Terrier named Baphomet. Mm. Yes. How, how, how could I? <laughs> how could anyone? <laughs> I took a screenshot of it, where what I saw, and you'll, you'll totally see it once I send it to y'all. It's funny. It's a, it looks like an evil Scottish Terrier. <laughs> <laughs> and once it's been seen, you cannot unseen it. And now it's just like, oh, we all want to get a Scottish Terrier and name it Baphomet. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes. I'm, I'm basically saying all of it's a fucking reach. It's a massive reach. Yeah. Oh, my God. A thousand percent. I'm going to link the video. It's, it's fucking hilarious to watch. There's so many grammatical errors, too. So... And yeah, from what I remember in watching the video, the guy's voice is just very unsettling. And I don't know if that's his YouTube voice or his natural voice, but either way, it's not, it's not cute. I don't like it. Zero to 10. It's Hill. Yeah. It's his alum, his alum <laughs> Illuminati voice. Illuminata. Or no, uh, what were we about to say? Illumina. Illum I can't, it I can't even say it. <laughs> I liked where you were going with it. Alama. <laughs> A llama llama. Just, a llama llama. So um, in the video, you see the, the the symbolism of triangle forms and silver. Okay. Right. Silver is a common metal of all of the all offensive pagans because only the godly wear gold. Or so I've been read. I've read somewhere. I don't remember. But truth be told, it doesn't mean a fucking thing. Right. No. Now, there is a website that everybody should go look at because... When I went down my rabbit hole back in the day, this was my favorite website. It's called Vigilant Citizen. Okay. They will pick apart every single pop video that you've ever watched. Like Lady Gaga, Jay-Z, Rihanna. Oh, no. Beyonce. Fucking everything. Oh, I have just found this website and I am <laughs> gagging what in the actual <laughs> <laughs> so much fun oh, no. it's so much fun though like it's fun because you're back then like i was starting to believe in it i was like oh my god the illuminati is real the illuminati is real and then i got to a point and i was like wait a minute 
So I have pillars in front of my house. Does that mean I'm in the Illuminati? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it's like, how, when, yes. when, when does the Illuminati stop and where does it begin? Right. So symbols, oh, real no. quick before I continue on with um, you know, everything else, I wanted to like kind of tell everybody, if you're wondering what symbolisms or what symbolism is, is occurring in some of these videos that suggest, highly suggest that these people are, you know, part of the Illuminati, there's like black and white checkers, there's umbrellas, triangles, seeing eyes, left eye. There's a hand gesture where, you know, they'll hold it up and it looks like the devil horns. And, you know, a little later, we're basically going to hear Alex talk about, you know, George Bush. So it's really funny because, like, he kept, they kept showing pictures back in the day of him holding up that little, like, hand gesture because he's the Illuminati, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and then pillars, the monarch slash butterfly symbolism for MK Ultra, And then, of course, there's Satan and glorifying Satan. And basically, the leaders of all of this is Jay-Z, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Rihanna. You know, it's fun. Um, oh, so yeah. that was that was the rabbit hole I went down, and it, it and I ended up stopping the rabbit hole on this one creepy claymation stop stop motion video that everybody needs to never watch. Okay, so and that is basically that one I showed both you you guys right. I almost I'm, I'm, I'm yes. used to being yeah. so I'm like so showing both you and Alex as as if Alex isn't here, and I'm so fucking rude. I'm sorry. Basically, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we were talking about it and we got to talk about it. So basically I'll have the video of course in the show notes, but it's, it's Satan. It's, it's the adventures of Mark Twain. If I remember correctly, um, he shows these three kids, this portal that, that introduces them to Satan and Satan's wearing this mask that likes to morph everywhere. And Satan's all talking about like, Oh ha yeah. Hi, here's, here's some fruit. You want some fruit, man? Like eat some fucking fruit. And they're like, man, yes, fucking fruit. And so they're eating this fucking fruit, man. And they're just really so excited for fruit. <laughs> I think one of them's like, man, I want some fucking grapes, but he didn't say fucking cause he's a kid. And so well, no, they're eating the fruit. Still man and then satan's just over here fucking just balling on a budget fucking he's like look look what i can do look what i can do so he takes some clay right he's like i can make these things come alive and so these little people are like running around partying having the time of their life and then it shows like the depiction of people killing each other and satan's like man fuck humans right i'm gonna kill everybody and the the kid's like yeah <laughs> And I'm just like, wow, this is really fucking scary and it will give you nightmares and nobody watch it. I'm going to include it in the, in the show notes, but don't watch it. Um, yeah, don't don't watch it unless you want nightmares, like straight up. Yeah, yeah I don't think I'm going to watch it ever. Don't watch it after we're done, okay? Um, I'm not so, going to. Yeah, you really should not. Um <laughs> The latest uh, determinations related to 2009, whenever I was going on this huge, like, creepy rabbit hole. Um, I'm sure y'all have heard of Bella Porch, that that famous TikToker where she's like, bum ba da bum boom. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? No? I don't. I want to say yes, but you might she's need to explain it regardless. It's really hard to explain. Like, if you saw it, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. But oh, she's okay. like, okay. It's basically like you, you, you're real close to their face, and the camera's like moving with her face. And it's got this like really weird techno, I guess, music in the background. And she's like, it's just weird. So, anyway, 
she's famous. So obviously because she's famous, you know, she's part of the elite and she's part of the Illuminati because she, you know, creates this like music video. Um, what is it called? I don't remember. I'm going to link that also. Now. <laughs> yeah. But basically in the music video, it's, it's some music video that she created or they created for her. And it's suggesting that she's all of a sudden this Illuminati puppet. There's a fucking butterfly over her mouth. And because there's a butterfly there, she's definitely sold her soul to Satan. It's fucking fantastic. Um, but yeah, um, this came from that site, that same site, Vigilante, or Vigilant Citizen. Um, yeah, hmm. the video was called Build a Bitch. So they're suggesting. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. I've heard that song. Yeah. So they're they're saying, quote, elite TikToker like many TikTok stars, Bella Porch became famous by posting videos of her limp syncing to various songs, performing dance moves, and catering to the needs of thirsty boys by wearing revealing cosplay <laughs> outfits. She's mostly right. known for creating M to the B. So yeah, M to the B, M to the B, boom. That was she mo- she's mm, okay. the most liked TikTok of all time with 50 million likes. So basically back then it was, you know, pop stars and now it's TikTokers. So my conclusion. Right. I don't really have a conclusion. I just <laughs> wanted to tell everybody about how I went on this rabbit hole and it was terrifying. But there's a movie about <laughs> okay. there's a movie about MK Ultra on Netflix and I forgot what the name of it is. Um I, I deduced after all of this that this is all bullshit, but this movie is fucking creepy. I want to say that it's called The Signal, but I don't remember it being that. I remember about being about it being a couple living in this like remote home. There's some kind of radio frequency signal that drives them into psychosis or something. And then okay. the woman the woman then comes across like these abandoned closets and remembers mind control experiencing experiments happening in those closets. And, you know, it gave me nightmares. So, you know, also, fun fact, (laughs) we used to actually be able to actually join the Illuminati online. Did y'all know that? Yeah, I did, actually. Oh, wow. (laughs) Of course you knew that. Of course, because I'm a illuminated Illuminati. Oh, yeah, because I didn't. (laughs) Checkerboard puppets. So, you know, but now when you click it, it basically takes you to this, like, anytime fitness ad. So that's fun, you know? So, yeah, that's that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a puppet, so I'm not going to be joining the Anytime Fitness Illuminati unless you count, you know, for my husband in the bedroom with his penis triangle, if you will. But the moral of the story, <laughs> are y'all following still? I want to make sure I didn't lose y'all. No, I'm here. Yeah. I just want to make sure because, you know, fear the penis triangle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to hold back my laughter. Yes. Oh, laugh, laugh. It's great. This is our, our <laughs> but yeah. The moral of the story is that pineapple pizza is Illuminati symbolism because pizza can be a triangle, and there's a million triangles on a pineapple. Science. Oh. Um, math. Like, science. Math. <laughs> if you like. So pineapples. I should these pineapples I'm eating right now. I should put this back down. No, keep eating them. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> if you like pineapples, oh, you're illuminated. Dude. Back to you, John. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> so, Alex. All right. All right. So, next up is Alex. What you got for us? Yes. So, mine's not exactly the Illuminati, although you did make some nods to one of the people I'm going to be discussing today. So, 
my weird little segment is about Britney Spears and George W. Bush. Okay. Was Britney Spears used as a cover-up for George W. Bush's mistakes? So I want to ask you both something. Mm-hmm. What do George W. Bush and Britney Spears have in common? They're part of the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here trying to think of something serious. <laughs> okay, Wait, well, is it a joke? Should I just say it, I don't know? <laughs> it, you know what? That's fine. It's totally fine. So they're both American and Caucasian, mm-hmm. and they both are somehow tied in what can only be described as a weird online conspiracy theory. I'm not going to go into like a huge deep dive into who George W. Bush and Britney Spears are. I'm assuming both of our listeners probably know, but mm-hmm. just in case there are a few folks listening who don't know either of them, I'm going to give just like a super brief description of both, so that way we know a little bit more about both of them. So first, George W. Bush was born on July 6, 1946 in New Haven, Connecticut to parents George Herbert Walker Herbert Walker Bush and Barbara Pierce. Born to serve within the Republican Party, George would go on to become the 43rd President of the United States from 2001 to 20, 2009. I almost said 2019, but that's, that's, that's way too long to be in the White House. Oh yeah. So that's that's George in a nutshell. There's a lot more to him as a person, but that's that's all I'm going to shine a light on today for him. And then Britney Spears. So Britney was born 35 years after George on December 2nd, 1981 in Macomb, Mississippi to parents James Janie Parnell Spears and Lynn Irene Bridges. Britney went into the music and acting career as opposed to the political and joined the Mickey Mouse Club in 1993. Britney rose to fame fast, and before anyone could expect it, she became a household name for such songs such as Hit Me Baby One More Time, Lucky, Oops, I Did It Again, and many, many more. Not only that, but she also became a well-known face on the screen with movies such as Crossroads, Long Shot, Austin Powers and Goldmember, and many more. Which, when I was doing the research for this, I completely forgot about the movie Crossroads, and now all I've been wanting to do is watch the movie Crossroads. So if anyone knows, right? If anyone knows where it can be watched, please, please let me know. I wonder if Netflix has it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'd be on Netflix. You would think, but honestly, I keep finding that Netflix doesn't have as much movies as you'd you'd think. Yeah, I know. Which is really sad. Yeah. Um, It says Discovery Plus, Disney Plus. Okay, okay. AMC Plus. All the pluses. Yeah, all the pluses. Oh, never mind. That's just where it's... Oh, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I think so. I don't know. Fair enough, fair enough. Amazon Prime. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, so let's get into the conspiracy theory. So now that we've chatted really briefly about the two main folks in this conspiracy theory, let's get into the theory itself. So the core belief of this theory is that Britney was hired by George's PR team to be kind of like a form of public distraction, if you will, away from George. So anytime that George made a mistake, Britney would also do something in the public to then side track everybody's attention to her as opposed to on George. I'm going to go over a couple of the incidences that people, aka conspiracy theorists, stand by as being proof to this theory, but I'm just going to make this very clear. I think this is all pretty coincidental, but you guys can be the judge of it. We'll we'll, we'll see how you feel at the end of this. Oh, All right, so 
In 2001, when when George W. Bush was in office, Britney was pumping out music. However, according to a Showbiz Cheat Sheet article, she wasn't charting as well as she had been previously. In referencing that website further, Britney had released a song, I'm a Slave for You, which is iconic, I should add, uh, which came out on September 24th in 2001. This happens to be only a few weeks after the infamous September 11th terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center in New York. Now, at first glance, someone connects the terrorist attacks to Britney releasing a new song. I know I didn't. I, I kind of doubt you guys made that connection unless you did and you want to nope. elaborate more. <laughs> <laughs> Never did. I was busy that time. All right. <laughs> a little occupied. Uh, so... Others online, primarily, seem to think that this was actually a very planned, meticulous PR move for her, both Britney and George W. Bush. Britney wasn't doing well on the charts in comparison to previous hits, and some were judging how George W. Bush was dealing with the recent terrorism attacks, as well as other conspiracy theories that were simultaneously being created about George, such as, you know, he had something to do with it, or just a bunch of nonsense around yeah. the September 11 attacks, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on, but within all that chaos is the fact that this is kind of where George and Britney are first connected. So the fact that Britney released a new song shortly after the attacks has seemed to fuel the theory that Britney was potentially hired to make George W. Bush and his administration look better or to at least advert attention away from them and on to Britney. Another suspicious event that fuels this theory is when Britney had her famous on-stage kiss with Madonna in 2003 at the VMAs. Now, according to the Showbiz Cheat Sheet article, the kiss happened around the same time that Bush was facing backlash for the Iraq War. So while everyone may have started hyper-focusing on talking shit about Bush, it was quickly changed to discussing the famous kiss between the Queen and Princess of Pop Music, which, once again, kind of just seems like coincidence. Like, I don't think people were talking about... Bush on one specific day and then that day just landed to be like happened to be on the 2003 VMAs and then they're like oh crap you know we have to divert this attention quick Britney kiss Madonna (laughs) yeah I definitely I think it's just two demographics yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's it's just two things happening around the same time but you know, conspiracy theorists are going to theorize, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I was already kind of conspiracy theorizing <clears throat> for a minute because you said that, you know, there was the I, I'm a slave for you. And then we talked about George Bush with his, you know, devil hand. And Oh, right. Okay. Illuminati. You know what else is a little bit weird? <laughs> Do what? What? Courtney, what shirt am I wearing today? I, oh, uh, fuck. I forgot. <laughs> It says, it says, most days I feel like 2007 Britney. That. Oh my God. That is How weird is that? I'm wearing a, a totally planned. I'm wearing a Tech Nine shirt. <laughs> no, totally so. not. <laughs> I love it. I love it so I much. I put this on at like 7 a.m. I did not know what I was doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it all circles back to George W. Bush and Britney Spears yes. and the Illuminati. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So. 
Now jumping to January of 2004, Brittany was in the headlines again when she married her former childhood friend, Jason Alexander. The 55-hour marriage took place during the same time when Bush's former aide, Scooter Libby, was set to stand trial for leaking the name of an undercover CIA agent. Hmm. Once again, people may have started focusing on what was happening with Bush, but then switched to Brittany due to the new hot gossip. So basically... There's a lot of heat going on with this scooter guy who was attached to Bush and just so happens at the same time, Brittany is in like a very short marriage. <laughs> like, Makes yeah, it's, so much sense. Yeah, so much sense. Let's, you know, Brittany, you're on the payroll now. Can you go get married to somebody that you went to school with? I don't care who it is, but we just need some, we just need the eyes off of George right now. Can you do that? Just cool. Thanks. Five hours, no big deal. Yeah, just 55 hours. Yeah. Just 55 hours. Oh. Or I can imagine someone saying like, oh, you only have to do it for 48. And she's like, fuck it. I'll do it for 55. <laughs> <laughs> I'll one up you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so another example, which I'll explain in a direct quote from the showbiz cheat sheet article. Uh, quote, additionally, in early 2006, Spears was caught driving with her son, Sean Preston, on her lap and then later criticized for not installing her son's car seat correctly. Around this time, Bush's vice president, Dick Cheney, accidentally shot a man during a hunting trip. Uh, mm -hmm. Vice also noted that Bush was facing a low approval rating of 38% during this time. I cut in quote. So, real quick. Yeah, that's really fun. I, I am going to just kind of be a pervert and think that it's really <laughs> weird that, you know, Bush <clears throat> has Dick as his vice president i know <laughs> like how unfortunate was that like how unfortunate is that whole setup Wish and dick. it was planned so totally it planned. was planned totally planned yeah. totally planned yeah along with that 55 hour marriage yeah great Yes, totally planned. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So once again, we're met with another timeline connection of both Bush and Britney, where to some, it seems as if Britney shadows Bush's news. So another 2006 event that some online conspiracy theorists have held on to is the November 6th announcement of KFED and Britney separating, which took place apparently one day before a midterm election, where Republicans were at risk of losing potentially 33 Senate seats and 435 house seats which to me this kind of begs the question was britney's announcement a way for the bush administration to avoid being looked at since they were potentially about to lose mm. i don't have the answer to that i don't think anyone really does other than the conspiracy theorists online but it's 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 fair to ask i guess um, <laughs> this is strange Right. I'm just kind of looking at so, the dates of, the, of all of this, though. It's just really weird that how all this is happening around 2007 to 2009, you know, mm -hmm. where all the weird YouTube videos. Yeah. It's just crazy. Uh, yeah. Hmm. That's the internet is just a weird, weird place, and I think that's when it got really, really weird. Yeah. So, jumping to 2007, we were faced with another smackdown of trouble for both Britney and Bush. Britney, unfortunately, was experiencing what I would call probably a public struggle and decline in well being, and was photographed shaving her head and reportedly attacking paparazzi with an umbrella. Umbrella. Yeah. But what? Yeah. Oh, oh my Ooh. God. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it all circles back to the umbrella. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what does Bush have to do with this situation? Bush was apparently getting roasted by critics due to his war on terrorism that wasn't really going so well. So something that Britney's public breakdown was a scheduled PR move to offset the attention off Bush and his administration and to allow the administrative team to kind of get their shit together while everyone is kind of focused on Britney. To back this conspiracy thought conspiracy theory up even more some resources state that britney's front page behavior began to slow down in 2008 which is the remaining year when bush was in the white house so basically as things start wrapping up for the bush administration shit with britney starts wrapping up so to speak but i I also think that was when her conservative ship was kind of kicking in right so Mm -hmm. is it really connected or is it just timing coincidence i think it's a coincidence person <clears throat> oh, for sure. For sure. What, if, what about you, Amanda? <laughs> I realistically, I'm going to say it's a coincidence. Yes. <laughs> but is there a small part of you that kind of hopes it's real? <laughs> but, you know, I like it. <laughs> you know what? It's fair because, you know, I, I think a lot of times, too, when we see celebrities and politicians interact with one another, you kind of have to wonder, like, how well do these people know each other? And, like, how how many times have they helped one another out, so to speak, right? You, well, you, you gotta I mean, wonder. You gotta look at, like, JFK and Marilyn. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty intense relationship, though. Yeah, I mean... It's it's not like it, it it hasn't been discussed before. So very true, very very true. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Brittany would have. I think she had a lot of mental health stuff yes. going on. That yeah. I think it's a huge coincidence, but I do like the theory. <laughs> yeah, I think she she probably had enough on her plate, but I see where you're coming from. It's like, well, it could. And, you know, I think it's also interesting that Bush, the way that he is as a person, I could totally see his administration being like, okay, we need we need to distract people away from him because this man is just not doing well. <laughs> he's just, he's saying things he shouldn't be saying and doing things he shouldn't be doing. We need kind of like an offshoot to put all of this attention on. So it, it doesn't surprise me in that sense. Oh, Bush. So who would have been just... for Obama and then Trump? <laughs> oh, God. There has to oh, be a gosh. celebrity that covers up things for each president, for don't you think? <laughs> Oh, yeah, there probably is. That's a whole other huh. rabbit hole, I think. We Kanye. Go down. Did we lose oh, somebody? Oh, my God. Right now, it's Kanye, yeah. Poor <laughs> Biden. Poor Biden. You get stuck with Kanye losing his noodles on the internet. But to summarize the whole Britney Bush conspiracy theory, so to this day, though, neither parties have ever confirmed or denied the allegations. I don't really even think they've ever been questioned about... <laughs> this whole thing but if they have it's never been uh it's it's never been confirmed or denied there is though one instance that some believe points to some form of confirmation a very thin connection of a confirmation so Mm -hmm. according to the showbiz cheat sheet article which was written by tran on ton new britney allegedly expressed some form of approval of bush in the 2004 film fahrenheit 9-11 
she was allegedly quoted to say, quote, I think we should just trust our president in every decision that he makes, and we should just support that and be faithful in what happens, end quote. But as mentioned, neither of them have ever confirmed or denied any kind of connection, such as Brittany being on Bush's payroll or being hired by the administration. Not only that, but you could also argue that the two having hit headlines at the same time is literally just a matter of coincidence. But coincidence or not, this seems to be an online conspiracy theory that will always find its way to the limelight of celebrity and political debate. And that is my online, well, let me rephrase that. That is my weird online conspiracy theory. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Good, good. I'm glad. It was definitely fun to research. Oh, I bet. Mine was really fun to research, too, so. (laughs) I can't wait to hear yours. All right, so I guess we have Amanda now talking about more conspiracy shit. More conspiracy shit. Oh, yeah. But but I need need y'all's honest what you guys think after this, because, I don't know, I'm almost convinced. Well, assuming that the internet doesn't kick me out again, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So. If you get kicked out again, you're out. <laughs> hey, audience, join our Patreon. Yes, please support Nefarious Nightmares on Patreon. Well, please. also just support Weird Distractions. I've been meaning to do that. There's a couple of uh, Patreons I need to kind of, you know, leave. But anyways. <laughs> All right. All right. So what we got? Hmm. Charles Manson? So mine is, was Charles Manson a CIA lab rat? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So hear me out. Do you think it was possible that Manson might have been an FBI informant feeding the agency information about drugs and the nightlife? Yes. We can also. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We can also entertain the idea that Manson could have been a pawn in either the FBI counterintelligence program or the CIA's Operation Chaos so that stands for something we'll talk about later so both of which were about mr charles manson go for it baby okay so you know we're talking about like earlier about conspiracy theories and one of them being like the all-seeing eye Mm -hmm. okay all-seeing eye is to third eye is to that horrific symbol that he had in the middle Mm -hmm. of his forehead oh yeah right yeah yeah hate it but yeah mm-hmm. yep he <laughs> was part of the illuminati totally sure. totally <laughs> all right so both of those were designed to disrupt and pretty much survey america right so freelance journalist tom o'neill who we're pretty much just going to be going off of his information because he's he's written a book about this and i loved his information so we're pretty much going to be going off of him so for this case, he interviewed Shirok Hatami, mm-hmm. which was a celebrity photographer and close friend of Sharon Tate. So O'Neill stumbled across an intriguing revelation that Hatami had been informed of the murders 90 minutes before the bodies were ever found. Mm-hmm. He said that on August 9th, 1969, at 7 a.m., he got a call from an acquaintance named Reeve Whitson, who Hatami described as, quote, mystery man. So this Winston guy was 
pretty secretive, and his close friends, family including his ex-wife and daughter, all agree that he was some sort of spy or the CIA. Hang on, hang on. Um, O'Neill filed a Freedom of Information Act request, and the CIA issued a response saying it could neither confirm nor deny that Winston was ever an agent. Amanda? So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hello? This is going to, we're, we're getting in. Hello. Oh, yeah. So, all I'm saying is that if this guy was a CIA agent, by the way, don't I don't think he's a very good one. Or Are y'all there? Not everybody around him would be suspecting him, but we'll jump over that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, Whitson's close friends, including retired General Curtis Bombs Away LeMay, as well as former Nazi intelligence officer Otto Skor- Skorzeny? Skorzynski? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and mobster Charlie Barron. So he's friends with all these people. Oddly, also, weirdly enough, he also knew Roman Polinski, Sharon Tate's husband, and Jay Sebring, who was the other victim that was there with Sharon. So Winston oh, was... Yeah, I mean, all of this really does tie together. It's really insane. So Whitson was acquainted with Beach Boys drummer Dennis Wilson, who pretty famously partied with the family for a time. The Manson family. Yeah. Um, he also knew Manson himself. His close friend Neil Cummings told O'Neill that Winston believed he could have stopped the murders and had he had Manson under surveillance at the time, which explains how he was able to phone Hamadi with the news before the bodies were even found. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Then, to try and figure out why Manson's parole was never revoked, even though he was arrested on multiple occasions, including rape, might I add, we'll turn our attention to, uh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. This got me like it. riled up. <laughs> Fair enough. So we're going to kind of turn our attention to Roger Smith, who worked as a Manson parole officer. Okay. Manson had been paroled in Los Angeles, but he moved to the San Francisco Bay Area without notifying the parole board, which obviously Uh-oh. is a violation. Big no-no. Yes. So, Roger Smith was part of two federally funded studies as well. The first one was the San Francisco Project, which was a study on parole best practices. And he (laughs) (laughs) he was also a part of the... And, um... Uh, Courtney. What's up? It's the ARP. Give me one second. Amphetamine? Amphetamine. Nope. Amphetamine Research Project. I just can't read my my own st- notes. No, you're so good. I was really like just deeply listening, and I <laughs> put my notes away. You're good. I got it. So the, the ARP, which was a study um, on effects of speed, the drug, on violent behavior in street gangs. Both of these projects were funded through the National Institute for Mental Health, which had been used as a front for the CIA money during the MKUltra psychedelic experiments. Oh, wow. So Smith started with an average caseload, but by the end of his short career as a parole officer, 
he was just doing this while getting his uh, doctorate in criminology. So he wasn't like a full-time parole officer. He was this was oh. he was getting like his doctorate and he was doing this like, kind of like this guess like a side thing. thing? Yeah. yeah, like a side hustle so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Oh, huh. interesting. I mean, that's that's kind of a cool side hustle, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you don't don't really hear of that that often anymore. No. So, Manson, by the way, was his only client. <laughs> and these two had an unusually close relationship. During the summer of 1967, the summer that Manson was turning murderous, Smith was the key in keeping him and the other members of the family out of jail. Smith was actually the legal guardian to one of Manson's biological children. Wow. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> they were close then. Oh my. Shit. Yep. So when Manson's girls who were also on probation would get arrested, Smith Smith uh, spoke on their behalf and convinced a judge to release them. He told one judge that he was confident that the girl would, quote unquote, comply willingly with any probationary conditions aimed at her re- rehabilitation. End oh. quote. That girl was no other than Susan Atkins, who what? would later be who would I'm sure if anybody's known the Manson case, she's the one who wrote the per, the word pig on the wall. Yeah, Sharon and Sharon Tate's blood. So oh this is girl he he spoke up for. Oh yeah, she's fine. So Smith later described her as a hard hard woman. Yeah, backtracking. Well, yeah. So like, he tried, she's huh? Hard. She's a hard, hard woman. So yeah. hard. You hard, know, hard woman. The hard, hard woman. My that was a quote, by the Christ. way. I didn't just make up hard, hard woman. No, I believe, <laughs> oh, no that. I believe that. But she's so hard with her blood and her pig word. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Oh. He tried to get Manson permission to travel to Mexico around the same time he was studying drug tra- drug trafficking in Mexico. Oh my god. Thankfully that was unsuccessful. Thank that god. would have been a whole other mess. Yeah. So most of Smith's records are locked behind a block wall from that time, suspiciously. Hmm. Um, a defense subpoena for Manson's federal parole file was blocked by the U.S. Attorney General during the sentencing phase of the trial, which is really strange in a death penalty case. Very they strange. Do that. So O'Neill said he was able to get only 69 pages of a file that was said to be four inches thick from what he was able to get off of that, it was clear that Smith had afforded Manson's quote-unquote virtual immunity from prosecution during that crucial summer when he was building his quote-unquote family. In his theses, he even wrote about the importance of shielding test subjects from prosecution. Weird. Okay. Yep. So Smith encouraged Manson to move to Height Ashbury, thinking it would mellow him out. Mellow out, bro. Dude. Mm. Oh. Take a chill pill. By the way, just just a little little bit of information here. Uh, Smith's speed research project that we spoke about a little bit earlier, that right. was being run out of the Hyde-Ashbury Ash- Free Medical Clinic. What? Hmm. And Manson and his flock would show up very regularly 
to use the clinic services. There was a many, many STIs in, in that group. Oh, dear. Yeah. So the clinic was burglarized, and only the files for Roger's ARP study were stolen. Wow. One of the re- reasons this clinic could be free when its operators were doing federally funded research. So Dr. Dave had funding from federal agencies, including hefty grants from the NIMH to study the effects of illegal drugs. So Dr. Dave's research involved pumping lab rats full of speed, as well as psychedelic drugs, as in LSD, causing aggressive states in them. One of the most famous researchers working out of the clinic was Lois Lewis West. I always say Lois, I don't know why. It's Lewis West, <laughs> who was a psychologist that was a contractor in the CIA's MK Ultra mind control experiments. Oh, wow. Damn. So we're all kind of starting to make sense then. Like, if I were to believe in this, which I'm not saying I do. Mm-hmm. No, but. If I were, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of explains the the crazy that Charles Manson but yeah yeah it, it does I mean it all circles around one another right and the fact mm-hmm. that all these people know one another and you know there are public ties it's very it makes it very interesting let's mm-hmm. put it that way it does it really does so West this the Lois oh, oh my gosh Amanda Lois again it's not low I keep trying to say like Lois Lane so Lewis, I don't know why. So Lewis West was in the background of a few major events in the 60s and 70s. He examined Lee Harvey Oswald's assassin Jack Ruby, who was mysteriously developed psychot- psychotic uh, delusions immediately following a visit from West. He also killed an elephant with a cocktail of LSD and amphetamines while trying to make him aggressive during mating. I'm sorry. People that test on animals can go straight to hell. I agree. That's just my two cents. Agreed. So West first rose to prominence as a psychological... Psychological... Amanda. Psychological. Thank, thank you. Psychological <laughs> expert <laughs> called in to interfere with some Korean War prisoners of wars, POWs, who had supposedly been brainwashed into claiming that the United States had committed war crimes. The concept of brainwashing had only been around for a few years prior to Edward Hunter, a journalist who was later revealed to be an intelligent agent. The case of the Korean POWs was cited as a successful example. So, Hunt, uh, what's that other person? Oh, Hunter said that the Chinese had perfected some sort of mystical ancient mind-controlling technique. Oh. In all reality, they had been tortured into making the confession. Yeah, there's there's a there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, so it's. Anyways, the incident spurred a race to find a way to produce Manchurian candidates who could be programmed to carry out missions. 
Oh dear, right. So, the top secret MK Ultra project explored a host of other intelligence applications, including interrogation and messages implanted in their subconsciousness, also creating false memories. Hate that. I know. So, West had referenced the use of, quote, new drugs in combination with hypnosis to deepen the trance state and increase the subject's vulnerability. Though it doesn't mention LSD, the drug had only entered into the psychotic use in the United States six years before the study, so it was pretty new still. Right, the, which makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, they're still they're, they're, they're testing with it. They don't know that much about it. I, I get it, but... Mm. Um, so... It was undoubtedly new. The O'Neill also noted that a heavily redacted and altered version of this paper was submitted by the CIA during the Senate investigations of MKUltra that denied the success of West's techniques. Wow. So another MKUltra-funded project called Mass Conversion use informants to like infiltrate the street gangs in order to engineer a shift in moral, religious, or political matters. And in 1963, West addressed a psychiatric association in Oregon saying, quote, we are at the dawning of a new era, learning for the first time to produce temporary mental de derangement in the laboratory, end quote. So, an article he wrote references the use of LSD, sleep deprivation, and hypnosis to produce temporary mental illness effects in normal people. What in the actual fuck? Right? This is crazy. I remember whenever we were, I was telling y'all earlier about that movie that I was watching. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of shit that right. they, like, she was having memories of in those closets. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and that shit fucking, that's crazy. It's, it's insane, and it, it gives you nightmares. It's right. Just, oh, yeah. Imagine being in that position. <clears throat> I wouldn't want to. Okay, don't so. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so Someone's a palate cleanser. Great job. I know, right? I'm getting all serious <laughs> over here. Uh. So West was receiving grants from many of the same organizations that had served as fronts in the past for MKUltra, including the Foundation's Fund for Research in Psychiatry, Incorporated. And his Hyde-Ashbury project seems pretty close to an MKUltra experiment called Operation Midnight Climax. Diggity. <laughs> in which fake... <laughs> <laughs> you made me giggle. <laughs> All right. So in which this Operation Midnight Climax does fake brothels that were set up throughout the Bay Area and unwillingly people were dosed with mind-altering drugs. Another fucked up thing. I yeah. mean, party, I guess, but also... <gasps> uh, no. No. <laughs> You're just like going into this place and all of a sudden you're walking out going, what the hell? I don't yeah. remember taking LSD before I left home, but now <laughs> I am tripping balls. I, I don't remember a lot. So oh, West apparently set up these fake quote unquote crash pads for hippies 
and had grad students dressed in hippie clothes to take notes on their behavior. The records don't seem to indicate that the project provided the subjects with drugs. It would be consistent with the standard of MKUltra experiments, which tended to use prisoners or mental patients. I see where you're going with this. Uh, yeah, me too. So O'Neill sadly was never un- was never able to find a definitive link between Manson and West aside from the clinic, though I feel like that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's already enough out there that's like, well. Yeah. So okay. that's that's pretty much it, guys. I mean, this there's a whole book about it. You can go way oh, in yeah. depth. So that's insane. If you, if you if you really think about it, Manson was not the brightest bulb in the building. No. no. And he was even illiterate <laughs> until his very late teens. Right. Very Techniques true. Techniques he used were sophisticated, but Manson was far from it. So what do you think? Just a coincidence that he frequented the clinic or was Charles Manson a lab rat? Uh, you know what? To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a lab rat. See After everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of looking that way for me. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. I go deep into this and I mean, I know a lot more than even what I'm saying right now. And I'm like, it I just put the cliff notes in here for you guys. <laughs> and you well, go deeper. <laughs> I can only imagine like it's one of those theories that's also been around for so long, right? Because the Manson yeah. murders happened how many decades ago? So yeah. it's there's been a lot of people looking into it. So oh, I, yeah. I, I can only imagine what's out there. So thank, thank you for covering that. Cause I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of that in that way. Yeah. This was, this was all actually, I have to give credit to my husband. Wow. He, he brought this. He's like, you have to do this. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. You know right. what's a really weird coincidence about that though, is hmm. he brought it up right. And without knowing that we were going to do this episode. <laughs> yeah. No way. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, Courtney's like, it, oh, you should do that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So that's awesome. It just kind of furthers my own theory that, you know, we are all illuminated. Yep. <laughs> we're we're puppets. No, I'm kidding. We're all puppets in the big scheme of life. Of course. We're podcasting puppets. Oh. Podcasting puppets. <laughs> Wow, so this uh, definitely was a Sour Patch Kid palate cleanser. Yep. I definitely feel like I've got extra striations on my tongue now, so this is great. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Wow. Should we, should, we, should we do our ending quote? Yeah, I want to know what you've got for us, Amanda. All right. So my ending quote this week is... No matter what you do, at the end of the day, you can't please everybody. I'm not here to please. I know exactly who this is. Who is it? This is 50 Cent. Oh, really? No. Relevant though. Oh. Eminem? Ice Cube. No. Kid Cudi? Am I I, I cold? Am I warm? (laughs) You'll go away from the Super Bowl. (laughs) Oh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. No, no, no. No Super Bowl. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, uh, Kardashian? No. We talked we talked about her today. Rihanna? No. Oh. Britney Spears? Yes. <gasps> nice. Okay. Work. I love it. I did a Britney quote. 
because I love Britney. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> I'm a huge Britney, Britney fan. I love Britney. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I was listening awesome. to her today. Well, oh, guys, amazing. This has been so much fun, Alex. You have been awesome to do this with and Aww, yeah. too bad i'm poor if i weren't <laughs> we have like internet issues back hey, you know, shit but, happens well you know right now is the time for us to tell everybody to join all of the patreons because we need your money and yep. also <laughs> and uh, and because eventually i want to move out of texas to canada hey yes um, yes <laughs> um Basically, we're going to end this off by saying, you know, don't, you know, join the Illuminati. And if you're going to join the Illuminati, then, you know, go ahead and recruit us. Yeah. And you know what? The other thing that we're going to tell you is to not be a dick and wear deodorant because might as well. Wear that illuminated deodorant, you know. Yes, you should. All right. Always. Okay, guys. Well, bye. 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 nefarious nightmare all research done for this podcast depending on the episode is written by amanda cronin and courtney fenner scripting editing mastering and sound design are done by courtney fenner if you would like to visit our links merch store or social media please either go to www.anefariousnightmare.com or to our link tree that's linktr.ee slash a nefarious nightmare podcast Music used for our intro and exit is by Ghost Stories Incorporated. You may find their music at bandcamp.com. Additional backing music for today's episode was provided by Epidemic Sound. Please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us expand our audience. Thank you very much for listening and take care.